0: hey everyone welcome back to another episode of the easy conversations podcast a podcast about having easy conversations i'm your host Furkan cam Dadia. in this week's episode i sit down with nate heron nate works in the financial industry but in his spare time he is a mentor and minister at his local church in this episode nate and i discuss the principles of self-reliance and humility and draw on the work of Jordan Peterson in his book, 12 Rules for Life. Nate shares his experience of being unemployed and how that experience accelerated his growth. Now, Nate enjoys giving back to the community and sharing some of these practices with the people he mentors. I really hope you get a lot out of this episode. And if at the end of the episode, you can leave a five star review, I would truly appreciate it. All right, Nate, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. Uh, Thank you for doing this today with me. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time. And I'm super grateful uh, to be able to have this conversation with you. Uh, But before we get started, I want to give you an opportunity to, you know, introduce yourself, what it is that you do and where you're based in the world, just so the listeners know. And and then, uh, uh, you know, we can get our conversation going from there
1: yeah sounds great and thanks so much for having me on um i think this is pretty cool i've watched you live chats uh i want to thank you, first of all for uh, when this podcast goes live that it is audio only because you're ridiculously handsome and i am not and so i was really nervous about being on camera with you and so you've taken all that pressure away from me so uh thank you for that Uh, really reassuring that uh, only my voice is what people will have to listen to and not see my ugly mug. Um, As for uh, me, who I am, where I am, um, I'm uh, here in central Iowa. and been here um, since uh, the early 90s. Um, As a professional, I've been in uh, big banking for about 20 years, 21 years. Um, I have uh, been a uh, volunteer minister for the past 20 years. Uh, I've done a lot of uh, teaching about basic Bible principles, practical guides for life, helping people be successful, happy and healthy, Mm -hmm. uh, using principles to achieve those things. Um, And then in the last eight years uh, I had started to mentor through my day job uh, college students on choosing paths, career paths, talking about what's important to them how to get to their goals, uh, making decisions that align with those goals and things like that. So um, I started formally a, a, uh, what I'm calling a side hustle, hair and home and life solutions um, at the beginning of the pandemic and then recently put it out on Instagram. So that's where people can find me, uh, hair and home and life solutions on Instagram. I'm on Gmail. Uh, Through Instagram, you can find my link tree. Uh, I published an ebook. Um, and I guess that's kind of the, the quick and dirty of uh, who I am, where I am and what I do.
0: Yeah. Well, thank, thanks for sharing that. And and thanks for the compliment. <laughs> um, but, but I guess, uh, you know, around the principles that, you know, you share, and as you mentioned, as, as a part-time minister, there's something to be said about those principles and how we can apply them in life. And, and maybe we don't need to get into the, the biblical references but I think a lot of those principles we can all apply in our lives and um you know find meaning and purpose uh, and I think a lot of these principles re, irrespective of religion um, are are very universal um, so what are some of the things that you know and you and I have chatted offline but what are some of the things that you feel are so importantly like, especially with college students as they're entering adulthood and, and uh, you know, about to be independent in their lives, what are some things that you're sharing with them?
1: Well, um, number one is usually hard work. Most of the, the people that I'm talking to don't have a lot of experience, um, especially in the college uh, segment, and they're coming to the table with all these expectations that have been built up inside them by the university. And they expect to show up and be handed gobs of cash on day one. And um, they're generally, unless they're like off the charts talented um, and bring a unique skill to the table, they're going to have to put in the work, Mm -hmm. put in the time, pay their dues and climb the ladder like everyone else did. Um, And so I try to break that easy to folks and then uh, encourage the hard work that will help bring the rewards down the down the chain, mm-hmm. and I guess those are the sort, uh, or that's one of the the foundational principles that um, I, I teach. Um, whether it's coming from Jordan Peterson or it's coming from Simon Sinek or it's coming from the Bible, um, people generally want the same things: they want health, they want happiness, they want success. And sometimes they can get a couple of those things, but then uh, they get in their own way on one or more of those things. Mm-hmm. And so try to talk through okay what's the obstacle uh, how do we attack that how do we get you to to bridge the gap to get all all three of those things mhm mhm
0: and and it's interesting right because you mentioned people get most often get in their own way and i i truly believe that too and um and and then there's something to be said about obstacles as well um you know over the last several months i've been reading a lot about stoicism as well as um, more recently, I've started reading, uh, in depth about quantum physics and how there's an aspect of science that you can kind of consider too, in that sense about obstacles and the, the type of energy you attract into your life. Um, and, um, so, so when you say people get in their own way, what does that mean for you? And then I could share wh- what it looks like for me. Yeah.
1: Well, uh. I can give you one example that's super easy. Yeah. Is some people are, are really talented and um they're pretty healthy because most people are generally healthy. Mm-hmm. And so they they get a level of success and um they uh uh start to make some money and then all of a sudden they have a bad habit. And that bad habit, maybe it's over drinking, maybe it's overeating, and all of a sudden, um they are suffering in in the happiness portion of their life, or maybe their bad habit leads to bad health. And all of a sudden Mm. they went from being successful and healthy to now they're just successful and their health is suffering, their happiness is suffering. And then it starts to impact their success. And all of those things, you know, they're kind of interrelated. And um, it it might just be a matter of tweaking a few things uh, and, I've listened to a few of your uh, live streams and you've talked about habits and how those can contribute to uh, either good or bad outcomes. And so usually good habits lead to good outcomes, bad habits lead to bad outcomes. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of identifying and trimming those things out or, or building them up.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I mean, there's two things that I would like to expand on based on what you said, like, obviously the first part you're right, like 100. I think. We, we tend to pick up bad habits and then we wonder why the outcomes are bad. And then we continue to repeat that behavior and it just, it's a cycle. Right. And, and like the, the feedback loop we're getting is, Hey, you got to make a change. And, and we don't see that often. Um, the other piece is often like, even when you do start picking up good habits, you may not see the outcomes immediately. And I think a lot of people get discouraged um, because there's either lack of patience or discipline and if the outcome's not favorable immediately, it's, uh, you know, one of the th- easiest examples is, um, going to the gym. You, you're not going to see the results for some time. Does that mean you give up or do you stay disciplined and you continue working hard at it? Um, knowing that if you keep it up, you'll see the results eventually.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I love that example. Um, That's one that uh, shows up in that book, uh, Atomic Habits, Mm -hmm. where uh, James Clear talks about the valley of disappointment, where you put in all this work and you put in all this work and you're not seeing any results. And he compares it to an ice cube Mm -hmm. where the ice cube is zero degrees and you heat it to 31. And for 31 degrees, nothing happened. And then one more degree, and all of a sudden magic starts to happen mm-hmm. and change comes in, in rapid succession. And so most people are giving up in that Valley of disappointment. Yes. They heat the ice cube to 31 and then they give up because they didn't see the result right away. And that's a matter of uh, discipline. It's a matter of patience and, um, kind of believing in yourself. Um, and maybe that's kind of like, uh, a, a gateway to the idea of, of self-reliance mm-hmm. that, um, if we believe in ourselves, then we can work towards whatever the goal is, and keep on going, even while we're toiling in that valley of disappointment. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the, I mean, disappointment or obstacles, and, and like I said, re- referring to stoicism earlier, I think, you know, within stoicism, they preach that, that, you know, um, and I've, I've, I haven't gotten to it, but I ordered some Ryan Holiday books. He's like the modern day stoic, but he talks about one of his books is called, titled uh, Obstacle is the Way. And I think, you know, for me, when I think about that uh, without reading the book yet, I think there's something to be said about obstacles too, right? If you can truly power your way through that and have, to your point, belief in yourself, that self-reliance, then the payoff is you know, significant. Um, oh, yeah. I think you appreciate there's- it even more, too, because you know how hard you had to work and how much discipline you needed to get to that point. Um, I think there's something to be said about that. And the times where I've really worked hard at things and, and you know, in the end, uh, from my perspective, succeeded. And often the, the success is even far more greater than I had anticipated. So, you know, there's disappointments along the way because you expect that immediate gratification or uh, expected outcome, but it doesn't happen. And if you keep trying, the the payoff is sometimes far more significant than you expect it. So, you know, there's something to be said about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that just brings to mind uh, Teddy Roosevelt's idea of living vigorously and that doing hard things and succeeding at them, that's a gateway to happiness. It's a gateway to success. Um, You know, you mentioned how you had greater successes than you imagined possible. How how did that make you feel? Well, I think it was,
0: it it gives you a tremendous amount of gratitude. And at the same time, for me, it was like, you start believing in yourself to your point, right? That self-reliance you're like, okay, you know, I kept at it. I stuck with the process. And and sometimes, you know, like, it's a cliche term, but trust the process is real, right? And <laughs>
1: yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, it's real.
0: So you see it in sports, you see it everywhere around us where people that do succeed, you know, you and, and that's where, you know, I've talked about this quite a bit in my podcast too. But we often see, you know, when we talk about success, we see people's like outcomes and results, we don't really pay attention to all the grind and hustle, and the sleepless nights, and the hard work, and the sacrifices, you don't see any of that. Um, so you just gravitate to 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 the success, and that's um, I, I think we we do ourselves a disservice when we just focus on that. And I think there's a value in sticking to the process. And and you know, to answer your question, I think when those outcomes were a lot more favorable than I had imagined, I think for me it was having more belief and confidence in myself that when I took the next challenge in life, whatever it was, I knew that I was capable of being disciplined and I knew that it's going to be a long road and there's going to be disappointments along the way. And if I truly believe in myself, I need to stick this out and and keep working at it.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you've had those successes and the payoff uh, emotionally, mentally, uh, and otherwise, um, to uh, to enjoy and share with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't have that kind of, first of all, motivation to get there. Uh, but then they haven't experienced the payoff either. And to hear somebody else do it, uh, it's really encouraging. And I think that's one of the things that Jordan Peterson is always talking about. Encourage people yes. to, to get after it, to go do it, and then reap the rewards of putting in that work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, he said something recently that I um, I had noted down for our conversation. I just don't remember it off the top of my head. So I'm going to have to look it up here. But it, it really caught me by surprise. Um, but I agree. He's So he said, I don't tell people they're OK the way they are. No, I say you could be way more than you are.
1: Yeah. Well, that's uh, really in line with uh, one of the principles uh, rule number seven, which is work as hard as you possibly can at at least one thing and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. So it sounds like you've done that. Um, I know that uh, I've done that. Uh, back in 2018, I had um, a real uh, transformational moment. I got laid off um, from my jo- from my job of 18 years, and. I had just said a month earlier at a family reunion, I said, I love my job. It's wonderful. Uh, I've achieved what I never thought possible. And they're going to have to pry this job from my cold dead hands. And a month later, I got a pink slip. And <laughs> so they pried the job for my hands and yeah. I wasn't dead. Yeah. And so I had to go back to the drawing board. And um, in doing that, uh, I was in a team of 25 people um all of us got cut and you know that happens in big business the the shape of the business changes uh, one one part of the business shrinks and another part grows and um so i started analyzing okay what's important to me what makes me feel good what can i do to add value and um i reimagined my role and applied for it and out of 25 people i was the only one hired back into that team mm. and um I've been able to reshape uh, that area of the business and it's left me feeling uh, really accomplished, but also it gave me all of these wonderful experiences to share with other people. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've helped uh, a number of the folks in my old team and in other teams since then, that have gotten uh, laid off and gone through that experience. And it's a really wonderful thing to be able to help people. And that's one of the other things that I love doing. I'm just part of my ministry is helping people and, you know, connecting the dots, getting over hard spots and, and uh, making a difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, often people um, like, you know, the experience you described, thanks for sharing that. And I think a lot of people would, feel like a victim or be discouraged and and you know there could be many outcomes but often those are opportunities for us to really find something new um, you know i think a lot of the times and i'm not saying this was the case with you but a lot of the times we get complacent when we've been in a job or or at a place for many many years we get complacent and sometimes we need that kick in the butt to be like okay well How can I apply myself more? How can I do things differently? How can I learn new skills? So those are all opportunities we get in life and it it really depends on your perspective. Right. Um, And, and you can have a negative outlook on it or you could look at it as an opportunity uh, and make the most of it. Um, So, yeah. So I think that's important. And then, you know, going back to your point on service, I think even just serving people and making a difference in people's lives is is fulfilling in that sense, right? Where, when you can give back to community, I think that's important. And I think all of us, I mean, I've yet to meet a person who hasn't felt good about that.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I was thinking about that uh, as you were speaking and uh, there's really three big bonuses that come from putting in the work. It's, you're not imposing a burden on others you're able to provide for yourself and you're a dad, I'm a dad, um, being able to provide for your children and, and your, and your spouse, um, that's a really good feeling. Mm -hmm. I, we're a, we're a, um, one income family. And when I lost my job, um, back in 2018, I was pretty emotionally devastated because Mm -hmm. a lot of my identity was invested in what I did for, for work, yeah. which sounds kind of crazy because I work at a big bank and um, I'm just kind of a number there. But at the same time, I was like, that, that's, that's me. And so I, I went through all this grief and anger and I couldn't leave it. It was like a death, really. I went through this whole process um, and I had to do it really fast because th- there were three people that wanted to eat plus mm-hmm. myself. And so I had to solve the problem of, okay, how do I get over this emotional uh, crisis that I'm having, this crisis of confidence? Cause I was like, am, am I worthless now? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, bridge that, um, get over it. And then, okay, I got to move on to the next thing. And I got to be successful at that too. Yeah. Um, and so then once I was able to, not be a burden on someone else my my extended family my parents my in-laws whatever i was able to provide for my family i immediately wanted to share that around and help other people do it yeah. um, so that they could feel the same way i did you're, you're right i've never heard anybody say that they didn't enjoy helping other people yeah. uh get the same success that they're having
0: yeah. And I mean, uh, a common theme as well, to your point, like, and, and I've experienced it myself and, and a lot of people that come on this podcast have experienced is like often the, the adversity we face uh, is almost like a, uh, a catapult for us to be able to help other people in that same sense. Like we, we realize that, hey, I went through this. Um, It was devastating in the moment, it was a great learning experience, now how can I help others go through something similar. And um, it it goes back to the service right and and I feel that we are fortunate and and, um, very fortunate in that sense that we get to go through those life experiences and then be able to put ourselves in a position where we can help others as
1: well. Totally agree. Uh, I don't think it could be said better.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. And, and then, so, I mean, kind of shifting over, like, so we talked about self-reliance. Um, there was other pieces that you wanted to touch on. Um, so do you want mind elaborating on the next piece?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I, I guess we've analyzed it, uh, the two of us, from the perspective of how self-reliance can be a good thing. It can also be a pitfall. Mm-hmm. And th- that's another principle that uh, Jordan Peterson talks about, uh, the Bible talks about it as well. Uh, rule number 11 is don't allow yourself to become arrogant. Mm-hmm. And there's even a sub point in that chapter about the uh, danger of arrogance and deceit and how basically if we start to believe that we're smarter than everyone else around us, then we can actually you know, lie to other people, lie to ourselves um, and have a distorted view of justice and really the world which can lead to some really vile things. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, I think that's a very important piece. Uh, and I just want to highlight for listeners, the references you're making are from Jordan Peterson's book, uh, 12 Rules for Life. Uh, so the first one reference you'd made was chapter seven from that book. Um, and then this one's chapter 11. Um, I think there's value in knowing that too. and And I think a lot of the people that we see that are really successful or have done well they tend to maintain a sense of humility um, and I think the the moments where I've also been humble I've been able to learn far more from other people but I'm also able to see my own blind spots and to your point when we get arrogant we almost forget that we have blind spots and we assume we have all the answers and to your point that is a pitfall because, we're not, we stop learning and right. we lose our curiosity. And I think when we have that humility, we're always open to another opinion, a different perspective, regardless of who we're talking to. You know, if we can have that open mind that, Hey, this person might teach me something. There's so much value there. Um, and I think that's one of the best ways to avoid that arrogance and not get uh you know, not fall into that trap, a trap of our blind spots.
1: Yeah, we, uh, can, if we fall into that trap, we stop treating people with the respect that uh, they deserve. It can be harmful to our relationships. Um, and you mentioned our, our blind spots, uh, we end up creating blind spots because we deny that we need to learn anything. And so, um, it's a real trap because once you hit a certain level of success everybody's like oh man you're so smart or you're so you're so successful how can i be just like you and um it i think that's why it's so important to keep going back to the principles that helped get you there cuz they'll help keep you grounded in you know what i haven't mastered this um uh, there's i can do this better i can do that better and um I can learn basically uh, new tricks, new mm-hmm. tricks to help me to get to the next level of, of whatever it is I'm pursuing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't want to shut ourselves off to, to learning. And um, by becoming arrogant, uh, we basically uh, put ourselves in a position of making really terrible mistakes. Um, there's a uh, expression that uh, beware that he that is standing Uh, does not fall Uh, or pride is before a crash right Mm -hmm. so an arrogant person is more likely to make those really big mistakes that lead to serious consequences
0: yeah yeah so so i guess when you're uh kind of doing your ministry work or you're working with college students what are some pieces of guidance you give them in this space because i mean you know it's one thing that you can give someone advice uh, and it's another thing when you know as as a young adult, if you're all of a sudden, you know getting successful, um, especially in your own field, it's hard to remember that advice. And, and often we need to we need to either make a mistake or experience adversity to gain that humility back. And sometimes you can't teach that to people. They need to experience it for themselves. So, How do you navigate that space when you're working with people?
1: Well, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people who are new in the industry, in different industries, Uh, primarily uh, my experiences in in finance and banking. And there are kind of two types of college students that come in. There's the kind that already know it all. And (laughs) then there's the kind that uh, are are teachable. And, maybe you've heard the expression, you have uh, two ears and one mouth, because we should listen twice as much as we speak. Yeah. Um, and I've seen those, those students come in that, are, uh, that know it all, and they, they almost immediately end up having a chip on their shoulder, because they keep making mistakes, and they keep struggling and fighting, um, and they end up being really unhappy. And and a lot of them end up leaving or failing spectacularly. Um, But then those that are kind of the the more teachable, trainable end up going on to do really great stuff. And so I just encourage people, um, have your ears wide open, listen, um, learn the process, try to improve the process. And that means don't approach everything that you learn with There's only one way to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Approach it with the the eyes of, okay, this is a process, but does this make sense? And ask questions. Mm -hmm. Questions are a great learning tool. Um, And that's really how I uh, came to grow in in the industry I'm in is by asking questions. I came in at the bottom rung, absolute bottom (laughs) rung, And I climbed and climbed and climbed and climbed. And along the way, I ask questions and I learned the business and I learned how to make a difference, to make things better, to add value. And that's served me really well. And so that's the same advice I give to especially students. Yeah. Uh, but anybody that's at a, an inflection point in their career, you know, where are you at? What are you trying to get to? And um, let let's figure out what are the missing steps to get you there?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's other ways you can do that too, right? Like uh, often looking at your peers or, or other people and trying to understand how are they doing it? And there might be some, you know, ways you can learn in that sense too, to, to look at how other people are doing it. Cause we may think we have the right way and uh, we seldom do.
1: That's <laughs> true. Um, and there's no shortage of opportunities to learn new ways to do things. I've been in the same department now for coming up on five years uh, and we have a pretty consistent product that we produce developed and rolled out five different ways of producing that product, different systems, different written procedures. Um, and, and th- there is a lot more than one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I am more convinced, uh, now that, uh, there isn't a process that can't really be improved. You just, uh, have to look at it long enough and, and try be willing to try new things. Mm-hmm. So many people are like completely averse to change and there's lots of, uh, lots of things out there that you can change and make better. So don't, don't be afraid to try new things
0: Mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. Um, and then you had one more point that you wanted to cover. Um,
0: so we've talked about self-reliance and then we've talked about the, the pitfalls of being overly self-reliant um, and obviously humility. And then the last
1: point. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I thought you were going <laughs> to chime in on it, is uh, the importance of passing these things on to, to our, our children. You're a dad, I'm a dad. We want our kids to be successful. And the uh, importance of sharing what we've learned. And we've talked about sharing what we've learned with um, other professionals, other adults. But what's more important than teaching our kids the value of work? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've i been volunteering, um, teaching financial literacy, budgeting, savings, building credit, borrowing money since 2003 uh, through uh, the community outreach program that my bank offers. And I go into schools, grade uh, K through um, We've even had some junior college students k through twelve and 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 beyond and um those lessons i, I I've always asked, you know, who likes to work here and <laughs> who likes to work hard and um it's amazing that uh, there's a, usually about half the class says, "Yeah, I like to work hard no no hands um and so I really encourage that. I think um, it's important. I've tried to model that behavior for my kids um, and set up uh, you know, good, good uh, rules, boundaries, um, uh, and, and routines that contribute to those things. What, what strategies do you use to help show your kids um, that uh, the value of work and the value of uh, uh, you know, believing in yourself?
0: um so i mean i only have one and he's eight so it's a bit uh i mean he's still fairly young in my mind but some of the things i actually read a a post by adam grant this morning and uh kind of on a bit of a tangent but fairly limited uh like uh fairly uh connected to this but uh, around reading so if we want our children to read we need to model that we can't just um, say hey go read a book so, you know, for me, I love to read and, and when my son sees me reading, he's always inquisitive about what I'm reading and he tries to ask, obviously, the books are a lot uh, longer than he's used to. So he'll ask me for the Coles notes. So I'll give him a high level of understanding of what I'm reading and why it's important. And he get, really has a, I mean, as an eight year old, he has a really cool perspective where he Will inquire about it he's like well why is this important dad like why is it you know like uh why are building good habits good for you right so we have that conversation and then um over christmas i bought him a book set and he's slowly reading through that and anytime he sees me reading he'll sit down and start reading too so um i think to, to answer your question in a nutshell it's it's and and you alluded to it earlier it's role modeling those behaviors that we want our children to adopt um and and i talked about it during um the the instagram live pierre and i did last weekend on fatherhood too it's um you know we could tell our kids to do certain things um and that's great but they're watching us they're watching our behaviors and they learn by watching they don't necessarily learn by us telling them and at the same time if we tell them something and we end up not doing it and contradict ourselves guess what they they lose trust or they get confused and those are all things we need to be mindful of when we're passing on knowledge and information not only to our children but people around us if if we say one thing and do the opposite I think you know that's the worst thing you can do you've all of a sudden lost trust and people will not only lose trust in you but they'll also lose trust in the message you're trying to convey and you can have oh, yeah. the right intentions and a very powerful message but if you can't back it up through your actions you've lost all of that
1: value yeah and that kind of um is uh relates to principle um that uh, a principle that jordan peterson has in rule four which is uh, notice that opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. And he's got kind of like a sub point in there about happiness and responsibility are linked. And um, if we don't pursue happiness, or that we shouldn't pursue happiness, but rather we should pursue responsibility, which begets opportunity to work. And there's where you find satisfaction and happiness. And yeah. so um, I tell my kids that, you know, there's so much uh, chasing after happiness and people usually chase happiness through pleasure, whether that's uh, through food or drink or relationships. Um, and they think, oh, if I do this thing, I'm going to feel good. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is um, having meaningful relationships where you are actually impact people in a positive way through responsibility is uh, far more satisfying and lasting. Lasting happiness comes from doing meaningful things, Mm -hmm. building relationships. Um, I've felt more happy and satisfied um, as I've tried to pursue being a better dad, Mm -hmm. uh, being a better servant to the community. Um, I, as a minister, naturally say that uh, a relationship with God is really important. Mm-hmm. And so many people get great happiness out of doing things that are spiritually edifying, doing things that are edifying to their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, so I'm trying to, like you just said, role model those behaviors for, for my kids. And um, it's one of those things where I don't always have all the answers and um i want my kids to say um you know when they don't know the answer hey dad what should we do here and if i can't if i can't off the cuff know what it is they're after, i see well you know what let's let's do research on it let's find the answer together um and being humble enough to say um i don't have all the answers but i can i know where we can find them yeah and let's find them together
0: yeah yeah no that's that's amazing i think that's really important but because and i think we also want uh role model that it's okay not to have the answers because there are going to be times um so you know to your point if if you don't have the answers how can we find them together or at least look for them Um, so i think that's really important um, and, and going back to the piece of happiness too, uh, to me, happiness is really a choice. And, you know, if, if we're constantly chasing it, it's just going to be, I believe, a never ending journey of, of this chase of pleasure or happiness because you're never going to attain it. Or even if you feel in that moment you've attained it, you're going to want more. So I think from personally, the way I look at it is happiness is a choice because whatever it is you choose to do, and if you truly believe in it, and you know you're making a difference, um, and you're making a difference in other people's lives. You should be able to choose happiness for yourself, uh, just through your actions, and and be content. Um, so so that's how I look at it. Um, but I agree. Our it should be our responsibility, and then happiness should be a choice, not a byproduct or an outcome.
1: Yeah, you know that's a, a nice. Uh a nice thought um because there are a lot of folks out there that have all the ingredients for happiness but the happiness isn't inside them Mm -hmm. and they're still terribly discontent even though maybe they've got uh, good health they've got success they have material comforts and pleasure um and yet they're still dissatisfied and so um in those cases maybe it's something Uh, chemical maybe it's uh, something that uh, in their past maybe it's a trauma Um, maybe it is uh, I know you've talked about this on some of your past podcasts about uh, dealing with guilt and uh, Mm -hmm. self-forgiveness some of those things can be real major obstacles to happiness too and that's why people need to talk about these things and figure out Hey, what's at the root of this why do i still feel awful even though you know i've got everything going for me yeah um you, you yeah. know there was just that terrible story about a uh lady who was uh, i don't know if she was miss universe or miss usa and she she jumped off the top of her apartment building in new york city um just like last week or something mm-hmm. um you, you know there there's a person that achieved one of the top honors in her field of pursuit, something she probably poured her life into. Mm -hmm. She was in media and all this other stuff. And, you know, somebody that takes their life is not happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's just really sad that um, so many people are not finding happiness, even though um, a lot of the, the principles that can lead to satisfaction and happiness are out there people just have their hands around them and that's why when you find them or when I find them we're like man we got to talk about this stuff because it works yeah. and uh I want other people to feel as good as I feel
0: yeah yeah no I agree with you and, and you said it really well happiness is something we need to find inside of ourselves and and I think where people get lost um is where they're seeking it externally whether it's through other people through material things through wealth whatever it is um and that's the mistake i think happiness should be within ourselves and and as i mentioned like you know kind of reading through a lot of the quantum stuff uh, you know you when you kind of look at it from that perspective too it's it's very similar um but what dr joe dispenza says in one of his books is if our thoughts and our feelings are in alignment and if they're congruent, that's when we're at our happiest, right? So mm-hmm. if if I have a thought that I'm a, you know, I'm doing really well, I'm a happy person, but if I don't feel it in my body, then there's gonna be misalignment or vice versa. But once the two are in alignment, that's when we attract happiness to ourselves because we're feeling and thinking the exact same thing um, at the same time so so i think that's really important um in my mind
1: yeah i really like that i have not heard that before
0: yeah yeah i mean i like the the quantum side of things is very scientific but when you kind of apply it to an emotional side of things as uh, as humans as individuals there is that component of what religion preaches too, um of really, you know, like being content, doing your best, uh, having a positive outlook on life, and then believing that good things will come to you. Um, so there's a lot of overlap there. It's just more scientific uh, from that standpoint. Yeah. But I, I appreciate that side of it too. And, and I think it's really important when, when you're in alignment with everything. Um, and for people that do experience that alignment, um you you notice how you're content
1: and happy does that have anything to do with um your your relationships as well that uh quantum physics portion like is it about the people that you surround yourself with contribute to it or is it all internal
0: uh no i think it's so i mean the quantum side of it is is very energy based so basically what you put out there is what you're going to attract. And that same thing applies to people, right? If you've got a positive outlook and you treat yourself well, you know, again, if your thoughts and your feelings are aligned in terms of how you, uh, how you treat yourself, those are the people you're going to attract into your life. It's just that energy. Okay. So, and, and we see it all the time, right? Like I, for example, like when I'm around people that don't align with my energy, I just, feel either like my energy is being depleted i feel out of sync uh i feel exhausted and that's how i know that these are not potentially the people for me whereas when you're surrounded by you know people like yourself that are very similar and you want the same things in life you actually feel energized you feel hopeful you feel great um so so yeah i think the same thing applies to relationships and and the people you attract into your life
1: yeah. Uh interesting. Um I had heard something and I'm gonna get the quote wrong, but it's something about uh either take your your you are the average of your yeah. five or seven closest friends. I can't yeah. remember which. Yeah, yeah. But, it's something similar. Yeah. Okay. So I mean that kind of sounds like what you're talking about there. Yeah. So if you have you have five friends and they're all like just st- stand-up guys, fantastic people that um have great qualities you're going to have great qualities too because you're going to be like them yeah but you sub one or two of those people out with rotten people and you're going to start seeing negative consequences because their influence on you the average of those so um uh that's i mean there's a principle in that too that bad associations spoil useful habits you spend time (laughs) spend time with the wrong crowd and you're gonna you're gonna end up making some of the same mistakes that they make oh yeah Um, but you spend spend time with the right crowd and you're gonna start making good decisions oh absolutely
0: Uh, yeah yeah yeah. for sure i mean there's biases around that too right like when you surround yourself with similar people then you start thinking the same it's only Mm -hmm. natural um because they're influencing everything you're thinking right you're having certain level of conversations that's impacting your decision-making, um, stuff like that too. So, um,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool thinking. Um, I, I read something, I don't know where it was, about a guy who um, rented a house in the most expensive neighborhood he could afford because he said, these neighbors are going to become my friends and I'm going to be successful like them because of osmosis. And it was just like, I, <laughs> I can't imagine thinking that way. And yet somehow he made it all work. And um, you know, it's again, kind of like that average of your five closest friends, like he must've got really tight with his neighbors really fast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's one way of doing it. Um, But I I agree, (laughs) yeah, you have to be mindful of of your social circle and and who you surround yourself with because that plays a huge role in in, uh, everything you do. So it's important for sure. Um, but yeah, Nate, I again I want to thank you for doing this. Um, this was great. I really enjoyed this conversation. Time flew by. Um, and again, super grateful uh that you were able to come on and, and have this conversation with me. Uh for and I know you mentioned your Instagram and email earlier, but for people that want to get a hold of you or just chat with you, what are some of the ways uh they can do that, whether it's online or, or social media?
1: Um, So Instagram, uh, you can DM me uh, through my Instagram account. You can hit me on Linktree. I have career counseling as one of my menu items there. Uh, Links to my LinkedIn. So you can find me uh, on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Um, And you can DM me there as well. Uh, I love talking about uh, people that are in career transition or crisis like I was. Mm -hmm. um, Because I've been there. I know what it's like. And I'd like to help people get through that. Um, and, uh, I guess if you're in central Iowa, you can find me, <laughs> find me in the West Des Moines, West Des Moines film book. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds
0: great. Well, thanks again, Nate. I really appreciate you doing this.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, been a pleasure. I enjoy your, uh, live, live streams with Pierre and, um, I look forward to watch more of them and enjoying your podcast on Spotify. So, uh, thanks for having me.
0: Well, I know. I appreciate you tuning in and engaging during our lives. Uh, That's always fun. You always give us something to think about. So uh, Pierre and I both appreciate that.
1: Yeah, well, cool. I hope I don't derail you guys. uh, But uh, always a pleasure and uh, look forward to the next one. Sounds great.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the episodes or leave a comment in the comment section. I always love hearing from you. Thank you again, and until next week.